song is to bless you out there. Hallelujah.
you, Lord, for your glory. We thank you for your sweet presence in this place. We bless you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I worship you in the beauty of your holiness, God. Thank you, Lord. We magnify your holy name. For you alone are worthy of praise, honor, and glory, Lord. Hallelujah. We tap into your presence this morning. Hallelujah. We glorify in you, God. Hallelujah. You are high and lifted up above any and everything. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we magnify your holy name. Oh, we glorify you, God. Thank you, Lord. Bless you. Willing to cross the hottest desert and travel near or far, Lord, for your glory, hallelujah. We will do anything just to see you, to behold you as our King, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. All right, we lift you up, Lord, magnify, exalt you. Thank you for your peace, your presence, your power. Uh, Lord, we just thank and praise you for your wonderful word today. Thank you for the atmosphere uh, that you've uh, created through your vessel, Pastor Melanie. Lord, we uh, attach our faith to your peace, your presence, your power. We attach our faith to what you have today. We decrease that you may increase. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, welcome to uh, Ayers Christian Center Church, uh, our live broadcast for today as we are going to spend some time talking about heart seeds again. And uh, let's just let's just get into the word here. Uh, My sound seems like it's a little weird. All right, testing, 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 testing. We good. We're we're all right. All right, let's go to uh, Proverbs. Let's go to Proverbs four, verse twenty-three. Proverbs four, verse twenty-three. Let's open up there. We've been taking some time talking about hard seeds, so we've talked about. Uh, uh, heart seeds, of course, being precious seeds. We're talking about giving of your heart. Um, today we're going to, you know, if you're going to give heart seeds, I know it's a, important that in giving heart seeds, uh, it's kind of important to where your heart is. Remember we said uh, a good man out of the good treasures of his heart bringing forth good, 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 fruit, good fruit, fruit, fruit. That's one of my trouble words. And uh, an evil man out of evil of his tre- trevor's heart bringeth forth evil, right? And so let's talk about here. We're going to spend today talking a lot about the heart. So Proverbs 4. And verse 23. Proverbs 4, 23. It says, keep thy heart, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And so, so here, the, this proverb, this, this wisdom chapter is telling us to protect our heart, but diligently protect our heart. I was having a conversation with a couple yesterday, me and my wife, and my wife was having a conversation also with my son, and she was... Uh, she had paralleled 
my life to being an aunt. So she said, uh, she told my son, she says, well, your dad operates in two things, uh, diligence and discipline. But I think like the, you know, I think discipline changes our habits. I think the diligence, okay, uh, discipline establishes consistency in habits. But I think diligence establishes our fight. You know, because we can we could decide to be disciplined, but then there's temptations, there's relaxations, there's compromise that comes at us, and that diligence helps us to fight through uh, some of ourselves or fight through some of the hurdles and the obstacles that we deal with. But I uh, so when I think of guarding your heart with all diligence, you got to fight to keep your heart. You got to fight to protect your heart. Um, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The, so it says, out of it flows the issues of life. So everything that we're dealing with on the outside, that manifests on the outside, all the choices that we make is a result of our heart. Yeah, I'm reflecting on it even as we're talking. And we know this. Uh, let's go to Romans 10. We're going to go to Romans 10. Um, I don't have that one listed for you guys. <laughs> I don't have that one ready for you on the screen. So some things you have to uh, just be attentive to. Well, Romans 10, 9, we're going to go there. But before that, that scripture in Matthew 12 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the mouth reveals the secrets of your heart. The mouth reveals the secrets of your heart. And I, I want to say this also. So your mouth confesses really what your heart trusts. Your mouth is confessing what your heart truly trusts. So, so, so you can, let's say you can, <laughs> you could tell somebody you're in agreement or, or you could tell God you love them or you could tell someone, um, uh, I'm going to do this now. I'm going to be consistent. I'm locking in. I'm going to do this. You can say those things. But the reality is you're going to live out what you're going to communicate or you're going to really consistently express what's really in your heart. It's just going to come out. They used to say this in the B.C. days when people got drunk. They were actually communicating. <laughs> they were communicating uh, what they really were, were thinking in, inside their heart. I know what's bothering me a little bit. Y'all have to give me a second. It was something that was... Uh, uh, throwing me off a little bit. So if you guys can just be patient. I know this is live. Why are you doing technical stuff, Keith? Because I, that little extra was bothering me. <laughs> All right. So work with me here. All right. So, so again, your, your, your mouth confesses, confesses with your heart trust. And we'll see this in Romans 10, 9. Of course, this is that salvation scripture. That we read a lot. Romans 10. And now it says, it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth. That word confess agree. It's a, it's a, it means to agree uh, with, thy, with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart. Key, key thing is believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. 
Look, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So everything takes place with how our heart is calibrated. How our heart is calibrated. How our heart is calibrated. And so, so if we don't protect our heart, you know, we can mess around and have our head, uh, how can I put it? If we, don't, if we don't protect our heart, we can mess around and have our head, we talked about this in the discipleship class, have our mind deciding what our heart is going to agree with. We can, we, can, we can have our head deciding what we're going to give from our heart. So think about it. If we don't, if we're not serious, about protecting our heart, we can have this right here making the choices and decisions what we give from this right here. See, see, uh, we talked about this in the, um, in the 915. We were talking about the, the war between the flesh and the spirit, uh, to be calmly minded is death, to, you know, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Right, so we were talking about the, how the, the, you don't want to be led by the flesh, but you want to be led by the spirit. Walking the spirit should not fill lust of the flesh. Spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And so, so, so think about this. If your flesh is, is fueling the choices of your heart, or if, you're, if you get caught up in your, in your mind, and you're not being led by the spirit. So God's spirit wants to attach to our heart, attach to our heart and he wants us to make heart decisions. So, so basically, we have to make purpose decisions. So, so we need a purposed heart. We need a purposed heart. Let's go here to Ecclesiastes uh, 3, uh, verse 11. Ecclesiastes 3, verse And it reads this, it says, he has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set the world, look, he has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. So here it says that God planted, he has set the world in the heart. What that means is God planted eternity and purpose in our hearts. Eternity and purpose in our hearts. So for the foundations of the world, he fearfully and wonderfully made us. So he gave us a heart. Within that heart, he put eternity and purpose. I heard someone say this week that, uh, you know, during this time away, they felt uh, a purpose calling and pulling on them. Uh, Trish, we were talking to uh, the Kyers, has felt purpose calling and pulling on them. But, but purpose pulling his call didn't parallel to what... Uh, the, the circumstances and the situations, you know, you got jobs, you got responsibilities, you got this, that, and the other. So a lot of times when purpose is pulling on us, sometimes we could be overwhelmed when we look at, or, or when we're challenged with the uncertainty of how does this, what's pulling on me is going to play out with, with all these hurdles in front of me. And so purpose pulls on us to place a demand on us to set our heart right and start to feed our heart the nourishment it needs to carry us through into fulfilling 
uh, where that purpose is leading us, to carry us through where that purpose is leading us. And see, so, so because ultimately what's in us, uh, there was a song called Chasing After God. What's in us is chasing after what God has purposed also. So the scripture says in Psalm 119, the heart of man is seeking after God. The heart of man is seeking after God. You know, you read that for yourself when you have time. Psalm, Psalm 119, verses 2 and 10. So that's right before verse 11. It says, that word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against thee. So what was David saying? David was just saying we know a separation from God. And so, so here God was full of purpose. He was full of love. And he poured out of his heart to create man, right? His, his, his love is, was shed abroad even in our hearts, even by the Holy Spirit in Romans 5. And so he poured a piece of his purpose in us. So in other words, it's, so, so, so again, uh, what I've learned is, you know, that everything, so, so everything that has life of God in it is attracted to life to Everything that has the life of God in it is attracted to God to fulfill its life. And so as we take purpose steps, we draw closer to God. Scripture says, draw nigh to me as I draw nigh to you. We take closer to God. So remember we talked about this in 915, that narrow way that leads to life and peace. Without faith is impossible to please God. He that's in the flesh cannot please God. So stand uh, taking purpose steps and obedience steps keeps us in harmony with God. When we go outside the lines and, and we're all over the place with our feelings, with our temptations, and with our lusts and different things of that nature, what it is is we, now we, we start to cripple the, the, the nourishment for our heart because our heart is designed to get more and more strengthened as it goes closer and closer to what it was designed and purpose to do. So yes, we may, we may be exposed and entertained by, uh, you know, by the uh, things or by positions or by status. So those things are bribes, the spiritual bribes, what we call them. They're, they're attractive, but they're not fulfilling. They, 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 they touch your moment, but they don't uh, lead you uh, how can I say? Okay, this is good. This is good. So, when you make this, when you gravitate or take on the nourishment of the world, it can only satisfy you temporarily. Just like success is fleeting, it's temporary, it's seasonal. When you you trust God, remember, you know, you your your mouth confesses what your heart trusts. When you trust God. You start to eat nourishment, the nourishment of purpose, right? You start to eat the nourishment of purpose. You, you start to eat uh, things that, uh, how can I give you a taste of eternity? Uh, scripture says, uh, 2 Corinthians 4.18, it says, don't look at the things that you see for they're temporal, subject to, ch to, to change. Look at the things that you can't see for they're eternal. So what it's saying is, Oh, look, look, oh, 2 Corinthians 4, 7, it says, um, you have a treasure hidden in this earthen vessel. Within your heart, you have this treasure. And so, so God is hoping that we, we, we don't get distracted out here 
uh, oh, ooh, the kingdom of God is within you. <laughs> look, look, look. Like everything is saying that God has already given us everything within us. He's packaged it in our heart. So as we dig deep into uh, our heart, as see again, once you see to give of your heart, you got to place a demand on your heart. You place a demand on your heart. What's in you has to start to come out. And the more you start to pour out of your heart, you draw closer and closer to purpose and fulfillment. Because and you you're you you're uh, uh, you're so empowered because you're taking on the uh, eternity nourishment. You see, see uh, scripture says in First Timothy six twelve, it says, uh, uh, "Lay hold on eternal life, <laughs> right? Lay hold, like like grab that thing by the reins." And the only way we can do that is we start pouring. See. What draws me to lay hold on eternal life is when I give from the, eterni- the, the only eternity peace in me, and that's what God has poured in my heart. When, I, when, when I'm just uh, caught up in all these uh, ancillary worldly things, you know, I may, I may do some, some things intellectual, I may do some things that have some flash and some shine, but nothing fulfilling. All right, so that's why this heart, uh, this heart sees or this whole process is, is important. I right, so I'm going to give him my heart and I'm going to attach my heart to the things of God and he's placed eternity in my heart and I want to live with a purposed heart. You know, my first act of operating from my heart um, is listening to God's story. So the first thing I'm going to do, and we talked about this in, um, in the uh, 9.15 Master Life, you know, you just come to the kingdom and, you know, you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And we were saying, just like in any other relationship, it ain't over at the altar. You know, you, you go to the altar and just, you know, the guy, uh, uh, now, I now pronounce you man and wife. You may kiss the bride. You kiss the bride. We were talking about this morning. You'd be like, yo, I'm out. Yo, sweetheart. Tell you what, I see you at the honeymoon suite. Give me a few hours. About to go kick it with the fellas. No, 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 like, like it, it's not over once we get the ring. It's not over when God says, um, now pronounce you man and wife. It's not the cartoon. It's not TV. See, TV, the movie over, you know, the credits start rolling. You know, they got the music start playing, right? People start walking, skipping over the hill, right? <laughs> right? right? In, in, in the, no, we don't know what happened when they go, so, so you're going to leave them drawers down there? See, we ain't see we don't get to see that part in the movie, right? Be like, listen, listen, dude, you gotta start rolling that tube with toothpaste the right way. We don't see that in the movie. Be like, okay, so I notice, uh, like, you keep saying my money. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's not in the movie. You have to grow to uh, figure out, all right, this is my, my mate, this is my wife. Uh, how do I? Learn to harmonize, not how do I break this person to be like me. No, if, if, if I was all I needed, God wouldn't have sent me a wife. <laughs> he sent me help, right? If, if she was all she needed, God wouldn't have sent her a husband. He sent her vision. And so, so when that relates, I'm still talking about the heart. Stay with me here. Stay with me here. So I'm, I have to give my heart. I have to give my heart which yeah, I had never done in my life. <laughs> I had to give my heart to go down that aisle. You know, I met my wife. We met five We I engaged her five months after I met her. You know, some people out there, you know, I know this is 
going to bars like, Keith, after five months? Yes, five months, I found the right one. And then five months later, we got married. We've been married going on in August, 28 years. We married by faith. I gave my heart by faith and we've grown in love. So every year we grow together. Every year we flow together. Every year we, we, we discover how to harmonize and become one. We ain't start finishing each other's sentence, sentences the first year. Actually, we not only wasn't finishing each other's sentences, we weren't even listening to each other's sentences. <laughs> Because we're going at it, like, ain't nobody trying to hear what you got to say. Well, ain't nobody trying to hear what you got to say, right? What I'm saying is we had to, once we went down that aisle, it wasn't over. It was just the beginning. When we cross over to a relationship with Christ, it's the same thing. It's not over. It's the beginning. Now we have to, to offer, we've offered our heart. Now we have to grow in how to harmonize in a relationship. And that first act of love is, God said, okay, now that I got your attention, I need you to listen to my story. And, you know, I, I think about some of us have come to the Lord because we heard, we heard a testimony, a story. But the Bible says you overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of um, uh, your testimony. So we have to listen to God's story. We have to listen to God's story. This is an act of love. Our first thing we're doing with our heart is giving our heart to God's word. First thing we're doing with our heart is giving up. David said that word if I hit my heart, I might not sin against thee. Scripture says meditate on the word day and night. Do all that's written therein. Then shall you make, make your way prosperous. Then shall you have good success. Right? This is, uh, uh, the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. The entrance of the word bring of light. Gives understanding to the simple. Like this word is, uh, is powerful. It's powerful, it's quick, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. So we got to start. Man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. All right, so it's the word that we're, we're offering our heart to first in our first love. And, and, I, and I get it. So you got different ways of operating the word. We have a video out there called uh, How to Understand the Word. Um, we have another video out there called Word Thirst. We talk about how the word was broken down, how you interpret the word, the difference between interpretation and, um, and uh, translation. <laughs> Thank you. All right, difference between interpretation and translation. We talk about canonization. But what are we doing? We're talking about how the value of the word and how we need to get in. Because sometimes we go, well, King James Version, I don't understand that. Well, the word is deep. It doesn't make sense. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. When I first opened a math book, I really didn't understand it. But I know how to count now. All right? I, I, listen, my professors will tell you, I hated English. You know, but I'm all day with I before E, except after C, sometimes Y and W. <laughs> like, like, I mean, because I got to write stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, 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 so I get it. You know, I, I get it. It's not, it's not uh, comfortable. These, these computers, you know, you have so many different levels of things that you have to learn. Actually, my wife was the first person to get into computers. You know, I'm the tech person at the house, but my wife spent all day, I remember spent all day, all night getting a computer to try to understand it. And I was like, I just keep stuff in my head. I don't need no computer. But thank God. <laughs> yeah, I just do all types of stuff with computers now. Yeah, it's difficult at first. What am I trying to say? You know, it, 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 it starts out as a press, you know, uh, then it becomes a pleasure and then it becomes a passion and every different stage is, stage that we do. 
So we're going to start out with, with memory. You know, memorization gets the word in your head. That's good. But meditation gets the word in your heart. That's something that uh, our Master Life class book emphasized. That, that wasn't my quote. Uh, memorization gets the word in your head. Meditation gets the word in your heart. And so, so we're giving our heart to God with that word. And this is the thing, like, you know, as we grow, some of us, some of us struggle even as, as, as we come into the kingdom because we know there's something different about us. I know people, they say when they start coming to church, they, uh, it's scary to them because they see all types of spirits. You know, they, as soon as they walk through the door, they see all types of spirits. They say, I ain't going back to church. They say, I'm going to church. I see all types of spirits. They don't understand. That's a discerning of spirits. That's a gift. It just needs to be, again, through the word, you, you, you start to process and learn how to operate in that gift. Some people have uh, a gift of word of knowledge, word of wisdom. The word of knowledge is, is talking about, uh, you, you can read what's happened to somebody. Just, just walk up and read what's happened to somebody and be like, how did you know? Or you can tell what's going on with the person. A word of wisdom. Some people have that gift where they can project what's going to happen in a person's life. Then there's prophecy. God speaking through this vessel to that person. But this is the thing. Um, even in all those things, our heart has to be right. Because if our heart is right, the prophetic is not about trying to read uh, the hearts of man. The, the prophetic is about reading the heart of God. And if we don't offer our heart, we'll never see that. We'll just spend all of our time trying to read people, uh, you know, proving we can discern people and stuff like that. But actually, the, the, the reality is the person that operates in a strong prophetic gift, their heart is connected to God's heart and they've read God's heart. And God's heart is revealing what's going on with the, with the people around them. And so, so, so everything starts with us offering our heart. And, and I got to ask you this. Why aren't we offering our hearts to the word? Like we're afraid to hear from God? Listen to what I just said. Now, now, now just take, take a minute and think through this. Why are we not offering our hearts to God's word? Are we afraid to hear from God? And you might say to yourself, why, why would somebody be afraid to hear from God? Well, a lot of people, just like in your life, sometimes we don't want to know because we know we're accountable for what we know. So if I don't read, I can speculate with the words that, like people actually will tell you what they believe the word says and have not read it. I've had people sit and, and really was almost trying to break me down and they were so confident in their communication. I just knew they had read the word. And then I was like, maybe I need to go back and read that. I, I don't recall it saying that. And then I asked a couple questions and they was like, well, no, I, I, you know, I, I, I believe it says that. It probably, but did you read that? Well, no, nah, no, nah, I just know. So, so they skimmed over the word, you know, but they never really read into the word. And do we, we, do we not want to offer our hearts to hear from God? Because I'm going to tell you, that's what's going to change us. You think this time of not being so busy was just to sit around and, again, binge watch TVs like we talked about the other week? It was to binge watch God's story. 
Remember we said, like, there's, there's no limited episodes here. Like, this is, the episodes go on and on and on. So this is an opportunity to set our heart back to, to God's word, right? To set our heart back to God's word. And so God's saying, uh, he said, they that love him will keep his commandments, right? But we don't know what they are. <laughs> like, oh, oh uh, this is the confidence we have. This is confidence we have with him. We know that he hears us because we pray what? According to his word, we can have the petitions that we desire of him. So that means I want my prayers answered. Well, God, why don't you answer my prayer? Well, I can see God's response. Are you praying according in harmony with my word? And you say, well, I don't know. Well, why don't you know? Well, I haven't read the words. So I don't know if this is a harmony. And I really don't want to find out because it might not be. <laughs> right? So we have to lock into his word. And the scripture says this. Let's go to Isaiah 29. Let's go to Isaiah 29. Because I think if we, if we, if we get what we're saying today, right, we can bring our hearts back in harmony with God. So coming out of... Uh, this is a time that we've, we've had away from each other at home. Excuse me. We come out of it. We come out of it back in harmony with God's original plan. Like, like what I love about some of this time away is a lot of uh, families have had more time together. And particularly, a lot of the young people have had more time at home. Some of them have come back and recalibrate themselves. One young lady was like, you know, I just got to school. And, you know, I just got caught up. You know, you just get caught up. Not, this person has a great heart. I was caught up. And then coming back, it was good because I can recalibrate back to being who I was that gave me the opportunity to be in the school in the first place. Like sometimes we can lose sight of the core of who we are because we're so busy. Uh, we're not living in who we are in our heart. We're taking on all of them. Them. So, so we're wearing them, but we want to get all that God has or, or get from him. And so, so, so God wants to get us back to that. So let's look at Isaiah 29 and verse 13. It says, wherefore, the Lord said, for as much as this people draw near, draw near me with their mouth. So, that, so, so their mouth is, is getting close to me. He says, and with their lips, do honor me. He says, but have removed their heart far from me. And their fear toward me is taught by precept of men. So he's saying that they don't have a reverence towards me. They have a, a they're afraid to come near me. God, I was thinking about this because I have uh, people that I'm close to and some of the people I'm close to, I talk to a lot. Some of them, you know, because I'm living for God or whatever, they, they, they'll only talk to me when they think that they're, I guess, living right or doing right. My relationship is not based on their, uh, their compliance of any particular behaviors based on their hearts. And I think God is the same way. God says, you know, I just need, listen, scripture says come as you are. I just need you to come. We can, 
I'm going to give you the instructions as to what adjustments and changes you have to make. Just come. But don't be avoiding me. Don't, don't talk like you're going to harmonize with me, but you're not. God says, I want your heart. So, so what God is asking for us is to return back to being all in with him. So when I came to the Lord as a young Christian, uh, uh, I, you know, I started out in life. So, so, you know, again, you know, just cause you have many people that, uh, view this video and people have known me in different stages. So, you know, you know, they knew the, the little, I guess, goofy, nerdy cornball guy. They knew the guy that decided that he wanted to make an effort to be cool or whatever. Uh, some people know the club guy that lived in clubs. Some people know the guy that got, got high to extremes. Um, some people know the basketball guy. Some people know the, the basketball guy that they wouldn't let on the basketball court. Some people know the basketball guy that guy that people was running to find me to put on the court. Just so different stages. Some people know uh, the people in Columbus, they only know the Christian guy. they never seen the BC guy. Um, uh, people in Charlotte, they know they only know the pastor guy. You know, so you got so many different stages of your life. But when I first came to the kingdom, I remember uh, uh, I had, when I decided to live in the world, I was all in. When I was living in the world. So I almost fell out in the club. Uh, uh, well, no, I fell out in the club. I said almost. Fell out in the club. I took all types of drugs that day. Uh, wasn't trying to kill myself, but I wasn't trying to protect myself from dying either. So I did everything to a strings. I said, hey, whatever's left, that's what I'm going to do. And so I did, that day I did cocaine, THC, weed, alcohol. I took two different types of acid that day. And I fell out. So now, now everybody didn't know what I took because I did stuff by myself. But they saw the results. So a young man, you may, may see this. Uh, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, Kenny Williams uh, grew up on Vash Avenue in North. And he was down at the clubs. Kenny had, uh, had started lifting. He's a huge guy. So I saw him in the, uh, in the gym the day after I fell out. He said, man, I had to hit you. Like he said, he said, but I had to hit you as hard as I could. He said, but you didn't wake up. I had to double up on him. He said, but you still wouldn't wake up. And now why, why is this young man um, out in the club? And why is he taking all these drugs? Why is he not protecting his heart, his life, or anything? Because uh, he didn't think he had anything to live for. But I was all in. I used to tell the guys, uh, now, you know, this is, this is a phrase that's used in the Christian community as well as in the world. Tomorrow's not promised. <laughs> and so I said, tomorrow's not promised. I'm all in. We ain't saving no drugs for tomorrow. Ask the guys. Some of y'all are witnesses there. I'd be like, no, no, we're doing all this today. Tomorrow's not promised. What are we saving it for? Now, the thing is, I'm not measuring how much drugs are available. I'm just all in. So when I came to the kingdom, I said, man, I was all in in, in the world. So I'm going to be all in in the kingdom. Like, that's not fair. I'm going to give the devil all of me, but I'm going to give God some of me. Now, now y'all know, I'm, we ain't just talking about Keith here, right? And so I decided to be all in. And, and the interesting thing, very few of us have been all in. The scripture says this. Because this is how God measures it. Because you can say, well, I'm all in with God. But God measures you're all in with him how you are all in and dealing with people. 
That's why he says esteem others better than yourself in Philippians 2.3. Philippians 2.4 says look every man on another's and not on himself. And you, you're asking yourself, but if I look on another's, what about me? Well, imagine if the tree said that. That produces the fruit that we eat. They don't eat their own. You don't see an apple tree eat its own apples. Everything in that tree is for someone else to benefit from. And he pulls his resources and the resources he's pulled is not apples. A tree doesn't grow eating apples. Apples. The tree grows pulling from another resource. And so, you know, the scripture says we should be like trees. And so, I, so, so I, as I was meditating on this, I was like, Lord, you want us to sow heart seeds. And he was like, Keith, very few people, very few, very small number, low teens in the terms of 100%, low t- of people that's given their uh, heart for another. We spent our whole life saying, what's in it for me? And sometimes we make an effort to love and uh, make an effort to love or give our whole heart until we feel, uh, so put it this way. So we're making an effort to give our whole heart until we feel it. When we start feeling it, we choke. (laughs) So I, I give my whole heart you know, but when it feels like it's costing you something or you're at a point of no return, something in us chokes and we turn back. I know I used to be like that. Um, <laughs> and then we back off and even worse, sabotage our potential for fulfillment. I just blow up every day. As soon as I start feeling it, I'll be like, I just blow this up. Um, I'm not the only one. And so, so... We have to shift into going all in. And, and I'll say this, like, when you first start giving your heart, uh, it's going to become a habit. And, but then when it becomes a habit, you almost have to establish new heart goals to keep that, your heart pumping. Because sometimes you can get caught up in a habit, and the thing about habit is you start to lose heart. Because you don't have to use your heart once it becomes a habit. It, you're doing it at a default. Uh, and I've, I've shared this situation where uh, my former pastor was uh, telling me at a hospital one day, he says, man, you saved your mom's life. I used to bring my mom to church every year for about 10 years or so. Um, take her to the first service, then I would go drop her off and then come back for the second service. And I said, well, I don't want brownie points for that. Love my mom and everything. But after a while, I was just doing it out of habit. I said, so it was just, a, it, was, it was a default for so one was like, well, you didn't care to bring your mom to church? Yes, but I'm, I had to be honest. I wasn't, it wasn't like every time I drove up, my heart was pumping like, I got to do this and give up my heart. No, it, just, it was default. I'm, I'm that type of person. Once, once I start, I'm consistent with something, it becomes a default. What I'm talking about, what the Lord is talking about today, is not us giving our heart uh, out of a uh, habit, but but. Being intentional with our heart every day. That's why the scripture said, uh, well, the scripture says in Matthew 6, but he was referring to the Lord's, it was was the prayer he was guiding us through, give us this day our daily bread. So that means not getting so uh, habitual that we're not going to spend daily time with them. Now, how does that start? You know, so, so that starts with a broken and contrite heart. A broken and contrite heart. Not, not a callous, cold, 
hard, selfish heart, selfish heart. And sometimes we've, we've habitually operated the same way for so long, even when we try to make efforts uh, to do, to give hard seeds, we choke and go back to our default of self. Like we go, that's, that's enough, that's enough. That's more than I've ever done before. This is not what we're talking about. So, so, so now you have to ask yourself, or, or pray this, um, can we pray, I, I wrote this down for us to, to reflect on, can we pray that our heart is broken enough to be filled with God's fullness? Can we pray that our heart is broken enough to be filled with God's fullness? Uh, Ephesians 3.19, be filled with all the fullness of God. Be filled with all the fullness of God. And, and now things will start to shift in your, your life. Because some of us are wondering uh, where the where are the promotions and the elevations in our life? But the interesting thing is um, our credentials, our head, our intellect, our flavor, that's not what God promotes. He promotes hearts. So our hearts are what, gets, what, are what, are what gets elevated and promoted. That's why it says man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. Matter of fact, it says he's searching to check out hearts, all right? He's searching to check out hearts. But see, we could have been, the reason why God gave us some time away because we could be so callous or so caught up out of habit in this world, we could lose our heart and not even realize it. You ever find yourself like, I don't know, why I did that? Why I keep doing that? You've lost your heart. Like your, your heart's in there going, dude, could I, anything. Touch anything. Uh, I was at a place in my life. No, uh, any of you guys have been here. I, 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 I couldn't cry. I was at a place in my life I could not cry, like for nothing. I'd be at a funeral. I'd be like, okay, uh, oh, 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 I had never. Now, 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 when I came up, I cried all the time. A little crybaby. I cried all the time, you know. But I had, I had, I got, a, I got abused for crying. I got humiliated for crying. So I got to a point where I learned how to not care. And you know, I, I have been, I'm actually a cerebral guy. So I tried to master not caring. I, I mastered it so well, I lost my heart. And I remember I'd be in situations, I'd be at funerals, I was like, okay, everybody crying. Am I supposed to be crying? Cause I don't feel nothing. And and then it was situations that I thought was sensitive. Somewhere in there, it seemed like some, some, somebody was inside of me going, dude, could I get out? But I, I couldn't cry. And um, I don't know if I want to say the exact movie, but I called my wife one day. <laughs> you know, I was growing in the Lord, and I was watching this movie. And, uh, and I, I was laughing, because I forgot how to laugh. I stopped laughing, too. It wasn't nothing funny. But some of y'all might say, you got a game face now. Man, I died. stop. Just stop it with yourself. Uh, but uh, I had stopped laughing and crying. No emotion. Straight stone, you know. And uh, I was watching this movie. I was just growing in the Lord. I, I, I was laughing and crying. I ain't know what was wrong with me. Because it, it was almost like a well when I was. I called my wife. She's at work. I said, babe, I, I just don't know what's going on. She, she was happy, you know. She was like, there's, there's a heart in there. I, oh, my God. There's... Oh, I just thought about this. I was, uh, when I was in this transition, started living for the Lord. 
this, somebody might remember this. I was going on my friend's house. I played as a fraternity back in the day. Went on my friend's house. And I'm talking about life and what I was discovering and learning. And the person looking at me. Now, again, everybody's seen me at different, different stages. So some of y'all never seen what I'm about to tell you. You know, some of y'all when I was real young. And then some of y'all in my Christian days. So, so I'm talking to the person. I'm, you know, just talking about what I'm learning about life. And the person looked at me like they saw a ghost. And I, I was like, you okay? What's the matter? She says, oh, my God. Keith Bradley got a heart. Her husband's looking, he's like, he started laughing. Like, and I, and, and, but when she said it, I was like, what do you mean Keith Riley got a heart? What does that mean? Like, see, I, was, I had lost my heart. I was so gone, I didn't know I lost it. And so, so I'll tell you what the movie was. You know, got to be transparent. It was uh, Patch Adams. <laughs> I was watching Patch Adams. And the, the movie broke me. I don't know why I got to use that movie. <laughs> but uh, uh, I know somebody's like, Patch Adams, what? <laughs> you know, but hey, it is what it is. You're right. So this is the thing. Like, even as I grow as a leader, God trains me to look at hearts. So some of y'all, I was talking to somebody the other day, sometimes me and my wife, we may look, and I probably look more foolish than she does, but I may look like a fool. Because you may say, how come he didn't cut that person or do that? Or he should have ripped that person out of frame. Why would he allow that? Well, you're looking at the outward man. We're looking at the heart. Or you say, how long is he going to tolerate that? Man, that person ain't going to never change. Why is he hanging in there? Because you're looking at the outward person. We're looking at the heart. How come this person got promoted to this level, but this person did? Because a solid leader does not respond to hype. They respond to the heart. Let you soak that up for a second. Look, you can't front your heart. You know how you can put on a game face? Put on a nice, you can even dress up like a professional and have no job. I let you think about that one for a second too. Somebody's like, hey, no. <laughs> right? You can front everything, but guess what? You can't front your heart. Like you can't front your heart because like, you can't go in and touch it. You know, the heart has been named because it's a, uh, it's uh, because of his death. Like you can't reach it. That's why you, you hear phrases like the heart of the sea. Because at the heart of the sea, you can't control it. You can't, you can't reach it. So that's why the heart, the heart is so deep within our being. We can't, we just can't go in there and mess with it. <laughs> you see, that's why deep calleth under deep. See, do you want all of God's heart? You got to give all yours. You got to go deep, deeper than where we be going. The scripture says this, counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. Interesting, I just gave you that, uh, that analogy. But a man of understanding will draw it out. See, so, so with that, so like uh, I learned this as a, a minister, a good friend of mine, minister. So we were peers as ministers. And he, he, he ran into a serious crisis. Uh, and actually, he, he, he was in ministry before I was. And he came to talk to me. And so I was sitting there while he was talking. I was like, well, Lord, you have to give me what to say because we're peers. Like, what could I say to the minister? And so we started talking. The Lord uh, gave some wisdom. And he said, man, you really helped me. I said, well, no, I really didn't. I said, everything that I shared was already in your heart. I said, I just, 
because you're dealing with the situation, you didn't have the strength to go in there and pull it out. I said, the strong bears the infirmities of the weak. I just went in and pulled out the wisdom you already had in your heart. That's all. See, this is counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. It takes a man of understanding to draw it out. But I have to, I couldn't front to find that information. I couldn't be arrogant. I couldn't be overconfident. I had to be humble because the Holy, because I needed the Holy Spirit to dig deep enough to pull out that wisdom. If I, I was like, what's your situation? I'll be, let me break this down to you, brother, because I got all the type of wisdom, because you know, because I've been in ministry a long time, and I got this status, and I broke this down, you know, I've got this background, I got this degree, I went to this school, but got this information, got this training. So basically, I, you know, I'm the man, you know, whatever you need, I got it. See that? No, no, you ain't, you ain't, you're going to be, you're going to get on that person's nerves. Actually, you've been getting on some people's nerves for quite some time now. So maybe you can humble yourself. <laughs> you know, dig deep in your heart so the Holy Spirit can use you to dig deep in other people's heart. See, see, and that's what, that's why, oh, oh in the last days, I know I, we're getting close to the end here, but in the last days, there's people going to come to God and says, I cast out demons, I've healed the sick, I've raised the dead in your name. He's going to say, depart from me, you work of inequity, I do not know you. What he's saying is, your heart ain't never been anywhere near my presence. That's what he's going to say. Look, the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 4, uh, 1 Corinthians 4 verse 5, it says, in the time of judgment, God will expose the hidden counsels of the heart. So, it's judgment day. How's it going to look? Your heart's going to be exposed. <laughs> you might want to get it right now. <laughs> hey, What's going to happen at that time? Your heart's going to be exposed, right? The hidden counsels of the heart. So you see, so, so let's shift. Let's, let's listen to God in this season and shift. Let's shift back to getting out of our heads, getting out of our pride, getting out of our selfishness, you know, getting out of our hustle and getting back to our heart. So, so, so uh, that scripture is Psalm 42, 7. Psalm 42, 7, when it says, deep calleth unto deep. So, so I, I want to package that, Psalm 42, 7. I want to package that scripture a little different. All in calleth unto all in. <laughs> right? So think about what you desire in your life. So some of y'all might be starting businesses. Well, you want people to be all in with your business. Even if they're not your employees, you want people buying all in, right? If you start a ministry, you, well, you want everybody that's a part of the ministry to be all in. But you would have to be all in because God's not mocked what's with a man's soul, that he shall reap. Right, so everything you want to do, family, you want your kids to be all in. Are you all in with them? See, so deep calleth on the deep. It's real simple. I want all of God. I want to give him all in my heart. See, see, is, are you showing up with no vacancy? Empty of self. Remember, uh, uh, Christ said, learn of me for I'm meek and lowly of heart. That means empty of self in my heart. Humility is what that means in uh, Matthew chapter 5, right? So, so, so are you all in? Are you empty so God can give you all, all of himself? It's, the scripture is filled with all the fullness of God. Right? Apart from him, we can do nothing. I must decrease, John 3.30, 
and he must increase. Right, so that's what, that's what I want uh, to challenge us with, you know. The scripture says, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Uh, I think that's similar to a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Like, like, like a divided heart. <laughs> you know, a house divided can't stand. A divided heart. Somewhat with God and somewhat with the world. Or, or as we talked about in um, uh, the discipleship class, we talked about the, um, uh, the worldly Christian. That's what we talked about. The worldly Christian who has a door open to, to, the, to God, but a door open to, to, has the spiritual door open to God, but also has the flesh door open to the devil. Well, that's not all in, but we want all of him. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That, that's, you know, you want him to open up the windows of heaven, pour out blessing, you, have to be, uh, you won't have room enough to receive, right? You want him to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. You want to have life and have it more abundantly, John 10, 10. You want, you know, when you give, you want to be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shake it together, run over men, given to your bosom. You want all that God has to offer, but it's God giving all that you have to offer. Are you presenting yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service, the least you can do? Romans 12, 1. Right? I mean, process through these things and ask yourself, are you all in? Is your heart really in what you're doing? That's something uh, my wife was saying about a certain, uh, a certain person that we're dear to. She was like, well, I noticed that person's heart wasn't in it. They lost heart. And I remember I was pursuing basketball for a long time. And, and uh, the last professional trial I went to, uh, last camp I was in, I, uh, my sister showed up. And she, uh, we, talk, we were talking later. She said, she, says, uh, she said, Keith, you know, something was different today. I said, well, what do you mean? She says, well, you normally play with a lot more passion. She said, like, you, you made your shots. But I didn't see that fire I normally see. Almost as if my heart wasn't in it. And I said, well, sis, you know, I'm in a different situation. Like, I had to be honest with myself. Now, if she didn't ask the question, I wouldn't have embraced the reality. I said, you know, I'm a newlywed and I have a son going into high school. I said, so I, I wanted to tell myself, well, no, most of my games would be home games, you know. But I really was being pulled because growing up, for the first 17 years with foster parents, like, like, I, I just, I, I wouldn't want a son to be away from his dad. You know, like, that, that pulled on me so much. And then, ending up with foster parents in my first 17 years of my life, because I reunited my family when I was 14. Um, like, I, I was just a stickler for like a husband and wife flowing right together. That's what we fought to harmonize. Because I don't never, I said I never want uh, none of my family to be, uh, everybody got different circumstances. I'm telling you what I was thinking. Uh, never to be without me. And that, that kind of pulled on me at that time, like, like making that move. There was a situation where my wife was in this, uh, where we were in a, a situation and my wife wasn't done right. So I didn't believe she was done right. People could process it the way they're going to process it. So I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I said, like, we don't need none of this. So I was about to blow everything that I had worked for up. And my wife was like, no, 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 honey. She says, I'll be okay. Uh, she says, no, no, just don't, 
don't destroy everything. I said, you don't understand. It is no dream without you. What am I trying to say? Like, for me, not just, you know, we, we, we love that we pastor, we're in ministry, or in, in purpose and growing towards other things God wants to do. But it's not at the expense of our family. It's not at the expense of the people we care about, we love. So, so again, that's a whole life. Like you don't want God to compartmentalize his blessings to you. You know, make sure you have healthy eyes, but your heart's not working. <laughs> like you want the whole thing, right? And so I think God wants all of us. That's all I'm saying. Just be all in. Um, like, because when we were originally birthed, uh, there was no fear, pain, or failure as a consideration. You know, when you're young, you don't know how to process those things. And so I think God wants us to return to, to being childlike again. You know, with no escape plan. Uh, uh, I don't think he wants, uh, he wants us to take, I, not I think, I don't think. I think God wants us to take our hearts out of escrow. Like we've had our hearts in escrow, you know. You know, we've been giving out disbursements. <laughs> you know, I think God wants the whole thing, you know. Uh, you know how you, you retire from, from the state, you got a lump sum? <laughs> I think God wants the lump sum of our heart. <laughs> right? Just uh, just think about this, you know. Uh, uh, and, and, and just, uh, we're going to pray here. We're going to do our offering. We're going to pray. Uh, but I, but I, I, I was thinking of a scripture that I read. And this is, I'm going to say this allegorically. Uh, 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 Mark is that song I want you to find is, is well sweetheart you know the name of the song I've been listening to it all the time uh, but it's in iTunes I put it in, I put it in iTunes so I want y'all to listen to the song here in a second but uh, Acts chapter 8 it talks about when when, G, when I think Philip was ministering to the uh, the unit and and so 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 he says ministering to a minister and the guy said he says so it came by some water. He says, well, what, pre- what prevented me from being baptized? He said, what prevented me from being baptized? Now, the interesting thing, the word baptized means to be submerged. And the reason why baptism is important and communion is important is because they're all in experiences. See, see, the communion is representing the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. He gave his whole heart. Remember? He gave his heart for us. Uh, baptism is given, listen, I don't know what everybody's been doing all these years, but I know here at Ayers Christian City Church, if you get baptized, you are submerged. I guarantee you that. Pastor is dunking you in that water. All of you are all in the water, not some of you. And so, so when I was thinking about that, he says, what prevented me from being baptized? What prevents me from being all in? So I, so I thought about that in this, in this, what we're talking about. What's preventing you from being all in? So I want you to listen to this song. Um, and at the same time you listen to it, if, if you're so led, you can prepare your offering. Uh, you can give it at uh, airscc.org. I believe it's up there on the uh, screen. It was right underneath my name, I think the website. So, so if you... Uh, uh, or, or the bottom of the website if you still feel led to mail. But could you start that from the beginning? And then I want y'all to just, just take a minute to listen to the song. I don't have the, we don't have the rights to this song. 
But I just thought this song would be really fitting. Can you turn that music up, please? Yeah, if you go into titles and you just hit the message heart seeds right underneath shit, my name will be the website. Turn that up, that would be great. More. There's no need in me pretending. I'll give you everything. I'll give you everything. You deserve my full attention. That's good.
every seed. We also, Lord, want to take the time out for those that are listening and you really want to give your heart to God. You want to confess with, uh, uh, confess with your mouth what you are believing in your heart, that you want to reset your life with Christ. We want to take the time to pray for you. So just uh, ask you to lift your hands up right there if you want to accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, rededicate yourself. The Bible says if you confess your sin, God is faithful to forgive you of the sin and cleanse you of their righteousness. The weight and the guilt of I've missed it with you or I fell out of flow with you, God. So uh, we want to pray for you right there. Just open, just uh, lift your hands up. Uh, Father God, we lift you up. We magnify, exalt you. We just thank and praise you for uh, these lives, those that want to rededicate themselves to you. Uh, they want to offer their heart back to you, offer their heart to submit to you and submit to the kingdom. They want to be all in with you so they can receive all that you purpose and plan for their life before the foundations of the world. So I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, you are the Christ, son of the living God. I believe you died for me. God raised you from the dead that I may have life and that more abundantly Lord Jesus I open my heart to you come dwell in my heart Holy Spirit Jesus I've accepted as my Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit, dwell in me. Help me to. Start going fast. Holy Spirit, dwell in me. Help me. Guide me. Fill me. To live my new life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you, uh, you've accepted Jesus Christ uh, for the first time in your life uh, and um, you, have, you, have, uh, you need any help and you, uh, you uh, want, you know, prayer or anything of that nature, I'm going to ask you to, uh, we'll, we'll have it up next week, I, I wasn't thinking, but uh, just send us an email at, at your service at your service and then the website is already up there for aircc.org at your service at airs h-e-i-r-s-c-c.org 